Welcome aboard the Little Red Bandwagon, the podcast about a podcast that's too beautiful to live. From the Stick of Butter Studios in New Brighton, Minnesota, I'm Ann Lundholm. This is a Monday recap show, meaning that we need to sort through and discuss the previous week's TBTL, the good, the bad, and the irritating. And joining me to take this on from the Hodges Sparrow Studios in Lincoln Park, Michigan, it's Meredith, the MVH fan heart. Hello, Meredith. Hi, Ann. How are you? I'm good. And rounding out the panel today and repping our Texas contingent from middle-aged mama studios, I guess that's going to stick, <laughs> in Austin, Texas, it's Hillary H. from Livingston Butler. Hello, Hillary. Hello. Well, so I figured I'm actually recording in my office today, and but I figured it's like Air Force One, you know, whenever like the president right. is on whatever plane, <laughs> it just becomes Air Force One. So whatever mm-hmm. recording I'm doing, whatever studio I'm from, it's the middle-aged mama studios. Absolutely. I approve. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, since since this is an all-lady host show, I'm calling this a Boot the Boys Week. Yes. And I want to thank listener Javier for suggesting that name. I think it's great. But I don't, I don't want to think about this in like a Charlie's Angels context because even though Drew Barrymore like tried to girl power it up with the movies, I still feel like there was a lot of male gaze in those movies. Oh, yeah. What, what was the director... Oh, it was like McGee. Yeah. Okay. I got some problems with that pasty white guy using that name, but you know, that's another show. But I was thinking if we were doing like a Mission Impossible style caper, um, I definitely see some roles for us. Like Ooh. I would envision you, Meredith, as like the tech person in the van who's like tapping into the cameras and um oh, hacking yeah. the data and and you know. i can i can enhance pictures <laughs> enhance. yes i'm exactly. good at really good at that <laughs> and then i thought i would probably end up being the one who actually like sneaks into the server room to attach the hardware and like rejigger the wiring to make it all work and uh, Hillary, obviously, you would be out front creating the distraction, <laughs> right? Yes. I'll tap dance for you. <laughs> there are definitely some guards that need a diversion directed at them. I got you. I got you. <laughs> I can do that. Um, but, you know, that's, that's all happening after we get this show in the can. So let's get started on that. Uh, as always, we've got some LRB business to discuss. We'll bring you the Week in Review. We'll clean some house. And we'll let you know how you can get involved with the show. Uh, first up, in LRB business, I want to do a Memorial Day weekend roundup. First of all, Hillary, I want to know how the dumb recital went. Y'all were all in like tenterhooks waiting for to the answer. Um, it was fine. It was it was um, it was fine. It was somewhat anticlimactic. She um, she had did a tap dance number, which I should have made her practice a little bit more, but she did fine. And then she did a ballet number. It was fine. It's over. I'm done. It's fine. We're we're over it. Um, it was pretty boring, and I felt kind of bad because it's at this theater that is is really close to Mike's house. I really almost stopped by, but they were like, "No cell phones out." I'm like, "No, this is what." I'm like, "This is." I'm gonna be looking at my cell phone during the you know four to five year old. That's not my daughter is dancing to like call me maybe. I'm like I'm looking at my phone right now. I'm not I'm not paying attention to this. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but uh, overall it went well. It's but it's it's blessedly done and school is out, so we're good. We we jumped over that hurdle. And what are the odds that you'll get to August or September and she'll say, you know, 
Oh. I really did like dance. I want to go back. <laughs> 100% chance. I'm trying to figure out what other things because I don't want to do I'm done. I don't want to do it anymore. Dave doesn't want to do it. Dave really was the one that had the burden of taking her. Um, so we're just, we've moved past it. So I whether it be theater or maybe even just like jazz dancing or I don't know, something different or gymnastics, something different because I can't, I can't go through this again. So yeah, <laughs> we're we're moving past it. I'm putting I'm putting my foot down. I was in dance for one class when I was four. Uh, my mom took me, and there was some warm up exercise where you were. It was like a Snow White scenario where you were pretending you were Snow White, and there was a Wicked Queen and a Poison Apple. And I said, "Nope, this is not for me. I'm scared." <laughs> Goodbye. And then my mom put me in choir. I yeah, I know. It's just kind of finding your little niche. I did a, like, I actually really didn't do dance, but I did a little bit of everything when I was little. Like, I did all the sports and I did, but I wasn't great at any of them. But, I, you know, it's just you kind of keep doing stuff to, I don't know, keep them busy and keep them interested in something. I ended up finding, obviously, I ended up finding theater, and that's really what I loved in high school. So, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what sticks at some point. I'm not really... She's not going to be like a dance. She's not. I'm not a dance mom. It's not happening. So uh, (laughs) so we can move on. Were you never a cheerleader? I mean, you're from Texas, for God's Um, sakes. So weirdly in middle school. No, I was not. I was and I wasn't. In middle school, the eighth grade uh, cheerleading. Why there was eighth grade cheerleading? I have no idea. But they decided to make it so everybody could be a cheerleader. Like if you could pay for the uniform, you could be a cheerleader. So I think... Almost everybody, with the exception of like two of my best friends, were cheerleaders. So yes, kind of, but not not uh, going. No, I was a theater kid in high school. I I, mm-hmm. I I couldn't. I was never that like tiny, so <laughs> so cheerleading was not part of my repertoire. Are you saying you would have been like? me and Meredith on the bottom of the pyramid. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm not a flyer. I was not the one they were tossing up into the air. Actually, there was a, our, the high school I went to, the um, drill team was like, that was the really big deal. Um, they were, they are really good. They're really good. But um, the, before I was there, they used to have weight requirements. Um, like they, Whoa. they stopped them, but they're still kind of in effect. So if you were my height, which is five, three, you would have to weigh like 115 pounds. Trust that I have not weighed 115 pounds since <laughs> um, sixth grade, I think. So, yeah, that wasn't happening anytime soon. And I'm not a good dancer. So, yeah, that was off the list. Oh, Texas. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, that wouldn't have been an arena that I ever succeeded in either. <laughs> All right, so Meredith, you were not going to any dumb recitals <laughs> on the Memorial Day weekend, but you were in one of my old haunts, correct? Yeah, I spent the weekend in Cleveland and the surrounding area. Um, this is I just for decided... you! Yeah, exactly. It was going through my head the whole time I was there. Because <laughs> I've never really spent a lot of time there. I mean, you know, as a, a Michigander, you go to Cedar Point all the time, but that's Sandusky and it's right on the edge of the state. Um, yeah, that's and we never, two hours. Yeah, it's easy. Um, so I just thought, oh, no, 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 Cleveland, let's try that out. And so um, I took a little road trip and spent some time in the city. Um, partially, this was fueled by my um, quest for soup dumplings, which apparently don't <laughs> exist in Metro Detroit. Um, and, and so I found a restaurant that had them, and I did go 
um, and have soup dumplings. So that it, they weren't the best I've ever had, but it scratched the itch. Um, and it inspired me to try to um, consider making my own. So I'm going to try and, and, and do that, do some homemade soup dumplings. So it was lovely. I, I spent a little time by the, the water. Um, there's a place called, I think, Bay... Ugh. I just want, I just kept calling it Bay City in my mind. I don't know. <laughs> Bay something, Bay Harbor, something like that. Um, and it was a lovely like park along the uh, Lake Erie. And I dipped my feet in. It was a little stinky. It was a little cold. So I didn't yeah. go in. But um, I spent some, some time walking around in this nice park. And it was just kind of a lovely little weekend. It was low key, no real agenda. It was fun. Cool. Did you go to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? I tried. Apparently, I wake up before everything in Cleveland, so <laughs> I, I I didn't check. I just thought, oh, it's nine, things will be open. Nope. So I went all the way down to downtown, and um, I really wanted to go to the Great Lakes Science Center and the. Um, oh, that. that's cool. Yeah. Well, I I wouldn't know that either because they were also closed. <laughs> um, so, but that's all in a row. So, like, there's the Science Center, there's uh, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, and then there's the the stadium where the Browns play. <laughs> So I did take a little tour. I just kind of walked around the the area and just looked at the building. The Rock and Roll Hall of Fame building is amazing looking. I'd never seen it before. Um, so that was that was pretty cool. It was just cool to see that. And it was entertaining to me that all the trash cans around the stadium said Go, go Browns on them. <laughs> go Browns. <laughs> go Browns. Well, I have been to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, and I was not that impressed. And I can't tell if it's just I'm not a proper appreciator of it or if it was because I went within like a few months of it opening because I think it must it opened in 94 or 95 and then I moved to Cleveland in 95 Mm. to go to school and so I think it was still just brand brand new when I went and I maybe like they weren't fully I I don't know what the word would be stocked stocked yet all the exhibits maybe weren't up and running because I remember going this is it hmm I remember seeing one of Prince's purple outfits there, and that was cool. And I was like, oh, that's also depressing yeah. because that, I mean, a munchkin in The Wizard of Oz could have worn that. <laughs> he was a tiny, tiny man. Yes. Yes, he was. Well, that sounds fun. Yeah, it was. Cool. Um, as for myself, I was at home for Memorial Day weekend because my brother and sister-in-law came to visit me. And actually, I should not leave out my other brother and his girlfriend also came from California. But the most important part of this all is that they brought baby Henry with them. I really didn't care about the rest of them. (laughs) I just wanted to see this kid. And the last time I saw him at Christmas, he was five weeks old and now he's six months old. So he is in the very roly poly uh, stage of not no longer infancy. And he is a gorgeous boy. And I was informed that he was an angel on the airplane ride both ways so everybody can calm down (laughs) in fact uh, uh, my my brother and sister-in-law are super um conscientious and concerned and so they were really worried about him being a disturbance on the plane and my brother said that at the end of the first flight uh somebody leaned over and said to them he's doing so great you're all doing great i bet that felt really good yep that's that that's the best. Yeah, he had a little bit of a hard time throughout the weekend because he got to the point where he was just like, too many new people passing me around, too many new places, too many new sites. Yeah. I'm not into this anymore. Yeah. So we had to, I, uh, he really likes singing. Oh. And so I went through pretty much my entire knowledge of the Disney catalog. With him. Oh. <laughs> and that worked out really well. 
He's so cute. He's yeah, cute, he is. isn't he? I mean, yeah. it's not just my no, no. I my bias. I really like generally only think my kids are cute um, because I don't know. That's I guess it's like nature or whatever. But that is a cute mm-hmm. baby. Yeah, he really is. <laughs> and um, when they left on Monday morning, the plan was for them to drive over to my parents' house and drop off the car that they'd been borrowing, and then my mom would drive them to the airport. And of course. Uh, 15 minutes after they left, I went to put something in the trunk of my car and I found some stuff they forgot. Of course. So I had to quick zip over to my parents and drop it off with them before they left. And I was like, well, as long as I'm here, I might get one bonus baby snuggle, right? And he, when he saw me, his little eyes brightened and he kicked Aww. his legs and he reached out his arms. Aww. And then I died. <laughs> I died. Did you take a big bite out of him? Yeah. Like a corn dog? Chomp, chomp, chomp. I, I did. And then I thought, take that, Aunt Marisa. I'm in the lead now. <laughs> <laughs> it's a never ending competition to be the best aunt. You guys, she works at Disney. <laughs> Ooh. She works at Disney. Well, that I gotta bring like, the big guns. You do. She'll win for like a little bit, like when he's in the like Max Disney phase. But then once mm-hmm. he once he gets out of that, then you can be like, "Cool, Aunt Anne." Yep. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I just it. have to start early. I gotta lay the groundwork. Yes. So yes. that I am in a good position to strike. <laughs> <laughs> I win. Exactly. Well, the thing about Aunt Marisa is she's lovely. I know her, and she's a wonderful Damn it. person. So I know it makes it hard That's to hate her. So it was all very familial around here. And then they left, and I was like, oh, thank God. I'm not used to so many people. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Sounds like we had a good holiday weekend. Yeah. Yay. Uh, next item on the list of business. Uh, Meredith, you're going into some flavor chemistry. Yeah, so I've been spending and I'm planning to spend my entire summer in the kitchen with my goggles and beakers uh, reverse engineering LaCroix. Um, So I'm one of those obnoxious people who loves LaCroix very much. I like that it tastes like somebody thought about a fruit in the other room. Like that's part of the appeal to me. Um, I like that it's just lightly flavored and it's not sweet. Um, I don't like sweet drinks, so it's it's perfect. But, you know, it's expensive to keep buying cases of it and you end up with millions of cans. And as I've mentioned on the show before, we don't have curbside recycling here. Oh, so really? that means me endlessly hauling cans to the recycling center in another city, by the way, which I'm technically not supposed to do. <laughs> but that's what I do with my cardboard boxes. Anyway, so I've I've been investigating alternatives. And I do have a soda stream and I've had one for a while and I love it. I use it all the time. Um, but I don't ever really put um, soda syrup in it because they sell that. You can make your own like quote unquote Coke. Um, but it's it's not great and I don't really like soda. So I use it for sparkling water. Um, and I've been investigating ways to kind of make a lightly flavored non-sweetened uh, sparkling water. And it's been tough. Um, SodaStream finally came out with their own line of like flavor essences, but there's only four of them and they're kind of boring. So I've been on kind of going into these weird Amazon rabbit holes and I found this brand and it's called Flavor Essence. And I can't find them on Amazon anymore, which is a little disconcerting, but they do have their own website. Um, And it's just flavoressence.com, I think. And they have some Buckwild flavors. I've started with... I got like a case of six or something. And I kind of started with your traditional like P 
peach and raspberry and strawberry. And right now I am drinking a blueberry peach concoction that I've invented, and I love that. Um, but for I think for the next level, I need to check out like mint chocolate chip Ooh. and um, what? s'mores and maple. Yeah, they have like chocolate syrup. So I think it's going to get a little crazy. Wow. Uh, the idea of drinking a maple flavored beverage is making me like, like, like I'm a dog with yeah. peanut butter oh, I coating don't, the roof of my I'm mouth. I'm not I wild just, like, about I want this, to get it off. but it's there and I have to try it. Mm, like I'm going to get science. all these flavors. Yeah, I have to. It's a, it's a, it's a full sample size here. Mm. I feel like it's going to be like, um, like a root beer almost more, you know, like a LaCroix root beer instead of like a fruity drink. Yeah, and it sounds awful, doesn't it? Yeah, no, it sounds terrible, yeah. but, you know. Yeah, so I, I know for a fact that the fruit ones are good. I've tried all the fruit ones. Um, but next up is coconut and bananas foster and toasted almond. Ooh. So pray hmm. for me. This is going to be weird. <laughs> Keep us updated. I want to know. I will. <laughs> uh, let's move on to something that's TBTL related in business that I want to talk about as now, normally, I fast forward to the ads. Mm-hmm. Don't tell Luke and Andrew, because I don't care. I'm not <laughs> going to buy any of that stuff. But I was in the shower the other day, and so I couldn't fast forward. <laughs> and that's when I heard this ad for Man Crates, which I assume is new on TBTL. Yes. Yeah. And for everybody who's listening who, like me, generally fast forwards to the ads and hasn't heard this, I'm just going to drop it in right here so that you can hear Andrew's very professional read of the Man Crate ad. Father's Day is right around the corner, and you know choosing a gift for the father in your life is never as easy as it should be, right? So this Father's Day, give him a gift he's guaranteed to love with Man Crates, hand-picked and packaged gifts for every type of dad out there, like the knife-making kit for hands-on dads or the whiskey appreciation crate for fathers who like the finer things. Most gifts ship in a sealed wooden crate with a crowbar so he gets to pry his man crate open in front of everyone. When's the last time you gave your dad a gift that he needed a crowbar to open? With man crates, you're giving dad more than a gift. You're giving him a gift experience unlike any other. Plus, every man crate comes with a 100% satisfaction guarantee. Get your special Father's Day discount today at mancrates.com slash TBTL. This is a limited time offer only for Father's Day, so go today. That's mancrates.com slash TBTL, mancrates.com slash TBTL. Um, so uh, the first thing I want to say is that I am not quibbling with Luke and Andrew for accepting this marketing, this ad buy right because they can advertise anything they want yeah um that's fine with me i'm not criticizing anything apm wants them to exactly (laughs) yes i i the only thing that makes me pause is that um they've talked in the past about how they really don't accept ads for products they they're not really into and this seems so antithetical to andrew's belief system that it just yep. sounds really strange coming out of his mouth. Well, and given how much they've railed against things like man caves yeah. specifically, yeah. that's what exactly. came to my head initially. I was like, what a strange gendered, like, you know, um, home improvement kind of <laughs> garbage. Exactly. Yeah. That was the weirdest part about it. It was just sort of jarring. Again, you know, I guess they have to take what they can get, but it, it did seem so off off their kind of 
uh, strategy as far as advertising goes. All the other ones have made sense, but this one is very strange. Mm-hmm. I mean, Everlane makes sense for Luke, but not for Andrew. <laughs> no. Right. But, <laughs> yes. But he's trying. <laughs> yeah. The idea that he's now a fashionista is really yeah. hilarious to me. It was like when he was trying to advertise Tory Burch merchandise. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, it was it. It was just strange. Yeah, no, no shade no. thrown at them for doing it. It was just a little, a little jarring on that. And of course, if uh, if you have ordered man crates, if you have a man in your life, perhaps specifically a dad type who um, really likes jerky or whiskey or barbecue rubs or any of that stuff, um, I mean, more power to you. Yeah, of course. It's just, boy, that it's so weird and gender normative all that stuff I thought it would be funny that I would go to their website and I could just like read off the different names of the boxes you can get but there's like 50 of them <laughs> um, and most of them are so stereotypical there's a couple of like gamer dads and one that's a game night but everything else is like grilling and fishing and hunting survivalists there's a couple of zombie ones that are sort of funny but it's just interesting it seems like something that like Adam Carolla would have on his show you know it's like yeah. this like that this is why I kind of don't like Adam Carolla because it's so like men do you know don't this is turn a Joe into Rogan a, yes, ad. yes yeah. exactly exactly I wonder if there would be one appropriate for my dad a 60 something year old gay man who spends more <laughs> on his hair than I ever have spent on mine uh there is a mustache grooming kit he does have a mustache I think that's about as close as we're going to get mm-hmm. on that one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's all fine. It just makes me think um, if the the genders were reversed on this and it was a lady box. Oh, no. <laughs> lady. <laughs> lady. Nope. Thank God Mike isn't know. on the show today. Jesus. I know. It, it would be like, here's your lady crate it's full of nail polish and a bedazzler kit and and some shoes (laughs) yeah you know and if you are a lady that's into that that i support you fully but i am not and it sure makes me feel weird if i'm told that that's the way that i have to be in order to be a successful woman Mm -hmm. i want other options beside that so i want other options for men too this is why feminism is good for both genders because yes it breaks Mm -hmm. you out of this box of of you know fitting into some stereotype yeah and the banner picture at the top of their website there are so many newsboy caps in that picture i was like okay all right, guys. Awesome I wish you gifts well. for men. So, yep. Interesting. That's all I'm saying. Let's move on to some, um, I think, superior merchandise. Is that it, in case you have missed it on the Stens page, we have a new item in the LRB merch store. If you are a middle-aged momish 10, then perhaps <laughs> you would like the new mug that says <laughs> middle-aged momish 10. I absolutely do, and mine is on the way, and yeah. I cannot wait. And I think that we need to be clear, because all these people were asking, like, I'm kind of middle-aged, but I might be out of it, or I'm not a mom. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It, it really encompasses the whole spectrum of <laughs> people. It's if mom-ish. you're Lady 10, I think this applies to you. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> yep. Absolutely. The ish says it all. As yeah. long as we've yeah. got the ish in there, it works. I mean, they let me buy one, so that's your proof right there. <laughs> You snuck it in past Christie's guard. Yep. 
Um, yes, and all the proceeds, and I say proceeds in quote of these mugs, <laughs> are going to fund our LRB quarterly retreat. And here's where Mike posted the picture of Scrooge McDuck <laughs> skiing down the <laughs> mountain of coins. <laughs> yep. We're going to the Hamptons next, I think. <laughs> yes. Said. Yep. Kalina asked how many mugs she has to buy to get into the retreat. And I said, Kalina, it's fewer than you think. <laughs> it is doable. So, um, and in um, future possible merchandise, Bobby had a great idea that he did sort of a prelim design. And then we're going to get a more professional, perhaps graphic designer to take a look at it. And it is a t-shirt design that, I'm not going to say what it is now because I don't want to ruin the surprise, but I will get one if we put them out. Me too. I'm excited about it. Me too. Because it's hilarious. So that is going on, goings on in the merch department. And uh, finally, we have a jam tracker update uh, from Glenn Ferguson in Bellevue, Washington. He ordered a mug and then he made a donation. So that's amazing, Glenn. Thank you so much mm-hmm. for yeah. thinking of us in that way. Very much appreciated. Um, oh, I did. I meant to pull up the jam tracker because, of course, I mean, I added everything to the spreadsheet. Um, we are now up to a total of 91 cumulative jams that we can get out of. And then, you know, I usually do a jam per staff member, but then I realized I had to add another staff member since we have Hillary now. Oh. <laughs> we have to provide some jam money for her. You guys, you know so she's getting into some jams, oh, too. Yes. Exactly. Oh, yes. So we're... We're at 13 jams per person. Ooh. And maybe we'll have to do some jam trading if somebody really gets in a big scrape. But we'll figure it out amongst ourselves. <laughs> but again, thank you, Glenn. That was really awesome of you. Mm-hmm. Um, we do have a couple of throw your phones that we will incorporate into the review. But Hillary, why don't you get us started on that? All right. Um, Monday, episode 2649, The Science of Belly Booking. Belly Booking. That's really hard to say. Um, it sounds weird and <laughs> icky. It really yep. Does. Um, <clears throat> okay, so it's basically a replay or whatever they want to sh- call it. Uh, they don't like to call it a rerun, but re play whatever but there encore is edition encore edition that's right so but there is there is a, some new um content where um andrew talks to Stu for a little bit as he's making his way to some memorial day plans of course the day before uh they're doing their uh wbor show luke decides to take a you know a day off to celebrate at bourbon right. springs i'm like yeah may- let's throw a pool party without could- andrew <laughs> <No>. <laughs> we could shift this like a week like maybe we just you know do it later it doesn't have to be on memorial day you you know you didn't you know your your parents didn't die in a war so maybe we just like push it a little bit but no (laughs) luke has to celebrate right on time so anyway andrew is taking the reins and calls up stew and you know stew is delightful as per usual or as usual um i don't know the one thing that made me laugh really hard and i even commented on this uh on facebook was that stew made a santana uh rob Thomas joke which always uh-huh. makes me funny makes me laugh that was so good Dave and I have like often said that song will never die like it'll never everywhere you go it, like I think I hear it once a month at least and it yeah. came out when I was a junior in college which was a long time ago it's I mean I can't imagine the bank that both of them have made from this song every grocery store 
Um, anyway, so yeah, it's uh, that was a good one, and I I feel like Andrew didn't really get it. He kind of snickered, but I I, I chuckled because um, he said it was like seven inches from, from the midday, midday sun, sun, right? <laughs> yes, yes, yes. He he dropped it in so Very casually. <laughs> yeah, it's a hot one. <laughs> um, but I had to ask Anne, was it really that hot in Minneapolis? It was so so fucking hot, I mean, and I realized that this is not Texas or. Georgia or Arizona or any of those places where we have scorching heat all the time. But um, we generally have about two weeks of 90 degree plus weather in the summer. And then every other year we hit 100 Mm -hmm. usually. Um, But this we had, I think, six days in a row that were above 90. And our earliest we ever hit 100 in May. Wow. In May. That's wild. In the Twin Cities. Yeah, we hit some heat records here, too. Yeah. Actually. And we had a snowstorm five weeks ago is- where we had 18 inches of snow. It's but, ridiculous. But that's totally normal. I mean, climate... It's it's not uh, climate change. It's not, is not changing real. at all. That's <laughs> no, just normal. Variation. No, no, no. Of course not. We're just hitting I new think... heat records every year by coincidence. <laughs> what it really was uh, was not that it was so hot that we're completely unused to it. It was that there was almost no transition. We had yeah, no yeah. warming up. It just yeah. went from freezing cold to scorching hot, and we just weren't ready for it. Well, and I'll say, I mean. You know, yes, it's not taxes because, uh, I mean, we just have it for all summer long. But mm-hmm. I'll say is that we have air conditioning here going all the, you know, we're kind of ready for it whenever it comes mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. you kind of have your air conditioning. I mean, everybody has central AC. It's just the way it is. You couldn't survive without it. Um, so, like, I've been to Boston in the summer when they're having a heat wave. And it's brutal up there because you're just, the buildings aren't set up for it. So, they're set up for right. heat, but they're not really set up for massive cooling. So, mm-hmm. you're it's, like, almost more hot because you're like, I can't escape it anywhere I go. You go inside, it's really hot. You go outside, it's really hot. So, I, I mean, I totally get it. It's, yeah, it's One brutal. of the things I noticed when I moved um, to Texas from Michigan is that a lot of times in Texas, the bedrooms are all on the first floor. Yeah. Which makes a lot of sense for a hot climate Um, here they're always on the second floor and I don't even Mm -hmm. really like sleeping on the first floor probably just because I grew up here and that's awesome in the winter because heat rises it's not great in the summer so for the past like week or two my bedroom's on the second floor and it used to be an attic because this is a bungalow where the attic was converted into the second floor and there is central air but it can't touch the heat up there no you know no it's just you have to you have to get really creative with fans and keeping doors shut and blackout curtains like you get really inventive yeah um and it's usually not a problem here um it's gonna i think it's back down to like 70s now but um that that week was pretty brutal i'm jealous i mean the 90s have started it hit 100 mm-hmm. yesterday. And the yeah. thing that y'all have is you're like, okay, it will go back down at some point. I mean, yeah, it <laughs> yeah. will go back down in October, maybe. I Usually October 27th is my birthday, and that's about right when it gets mm-hmm. kind of cooler yeah. a little bit. So our, right. we have a neighborhood pool that we have been going to every day because my kids are obsessed with swimming right now. Um, it already feels like a bathtub in there. I mean, and it's a big pool. So <laughs> what is August going to be like? Yeah. <laughs> I we just have the reverse where yeah. we get to the middle of February and we're like, oh God, will this ever mm-hmm. end? Oh, no. I know. And it is, it is like the converse. My my in-laws always ask, like, how can you live there? It's so hot. And I'm like, how can you live there? It's so cold. So, you know. 
But you know what's weird is that I bitch about it all summer long. I am grumpy all summer long, but then I go, mm-hmm. I lived in Los Angeles for five years, and I was pissed the whole time I was there, too. I'm like, can we get a rainstorm here? I need some change. <laughs> and it would be, like, beautifully sunny every goddamn day. And I was like, I don't want to go outside right now. I just want to watch you know, Real Housewives on TV or something. And it just, you know, you feel evil when you're just sitting in a dark room while it's like yeah. 75 and sunny. I got sick sunny. of like oppressive sunshine when I lived in Dallas. Yes. It's like, okay, enough. We enough. get it. Goodbye. It's beautiful out. Yeah. And I stopped having that guilt. I was like, it's beautiful every day. I don't care anymore. I'm not going outside. <laughs> I know. You can't make me go outside. Yeah. So is the lesson that we're learning here is... We're never happy. Is it that we should all no one's move to San Diego or that we're just incapable of being happy? <laughs> I think the latter is kind yeah. of what I'm Okay. Um, anyway, well, moving on from that, um, it's hot. It's fucking hot everywhere. Um, as we said, Luke's at Burbank Springs, and we'll hear about that later. Andrew's stressed and grumpy, I think, probably because mm, he's, I wonder doing, why. <laughs> he's doing what this whole surprise. thing by himself. Um, I just noted that um, Stu made a, a joke. They were talking about the show, and and Stu was like, "Well, he gets Luke gets five jobs, he gets three boats." And I was like, "You know, that's a joke, but maybe not uh, all that um, untrue." Um, yeah, don't put that idea in his head. Um, and then Stu, you know, as I said, he's on his way to a Memorial Day party, and they're going to put Totino's on the grill, which is. I, I, is that real? I mean, it actually kind of I've sounds like I've never okay. heard of this. Not even in college. <laughs> no. I'm not going to lie, though. Doesn't sound bad. He said it, and I was like, huh, hmm. that does not sound bad. Yeah. It does remind Every time I've made Totino's or some iteration of that, it reminds me of the Jim Gaffigan, you know, Hot Pockets. But it, he's right. Mm-hmm. It, like, burns the inside of your – it's so hot in the middle that I'm like, this, the chemistry is wrong somehow. It's not. It should not get to, like, boiling lava inside these little pockets. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're still good. And well, I so maybe, st- maybe grilling would resolve that issue because it's a more gentle, <laughs> gradual heat. Yes. Stu has solved it. Um, anyway, so then they move on to replay episode 2382. Um, and it, it was, it's a good show because it's, I think um, it's right before they're both at, um, dub, uh, sorry, APM. And, but Luke is still clearly in Washington, but they're kind of talking about what they're going to do, which, it's funny now that we know how that all played out where they were like, we can't really drink. We can't go out. Well, I think that that they actually did. But um, I, I Stu said something on that show that he was on that it say, he said, this is a lifestyle show about air travel and crippling self-doubt. And I'm like, mm-hmm. still true. <laughs> <laughs> um, mostly I just like commented on the things that um, Stu said, cause I thought they were funny that, um, he called because Andrew was talking about what he really wanted to do was, you know, work in a hotel and kind of be a manager of a hotel and uh-huh. <laughs> work his way up the ranks. Yeah. And uh, Stu said it was the sweet life of Andrew, which is such like a dad <laughs> joke to make. <laughs> but um, anyway, Stu just makes me laugh. Um, mm-hmm. And then I just made a note. Luke was talking about his Crocs that he was ordering. Whatever happened with his Crocs? I feel like he didn't mention them anymore. Did he? Oh, wear yeah. Them? That was Crocs. Yeah. It was Crocs for the road trip yeah the rv trip last summer so that his vinegar dogs wouldn't (laughs) be an issue (laughs) i don't remember i don't remember they just kind of god he he makes so many purchases that he does then not use so many Uh uh-huh and crocs Mm -hmm. aren't cheap um 
anyway, so that that was basically all of Monday. I mean, it was actually the show that they that they replayed, uh, the encore show was actually it's a funny show because I always like it when there's three of them. It, it just brings a different dynamic, yep. um, mm-hmm. and it was fun and and just kind of light. But it, it was a good one to replay for Memorial Day. Yeah, and I think that Stu has a talent where he can tell dad jokes and make them funny. <laughs> yes, yes. Whereas anybody else, dad jokes are eye rolly. But students are actually kids pretty think funny. about that. Oh, I'm sure they're oh. like, Dad. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, some people think my dad. I, I think my dad is funny, but I, I think other people think he's funny. But we definitely all are like, Dad, come on. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, it was a good show, and it, it was it was. Well, it was nice for me recapping it because I was like, I can kind of half listen to it. But it was just one of those shows that's kind of a, you know, light and doesn't frustrate you and and just kind of is a funny little start to the day. Agreed. Mm-hmm. All right. On to Tuesday. Tuesday, 2650. Um, Luke is back after his party and he <laughs> regales us with a disgusting tale about his disgusting pool. Um, it sounds like it's just full of algae and I don't know if I would get in that pool. I don't think I would. It's, it's, it's fine. It's just algae. Well, I'm used to, okay. So I'm a Michigan girl. I'm obviously used to swimming in lakes. Algae Uh in theory doesn't bother me, but the reason you have a pool is so you don't have to deal with all the garbage that's in a lake like algae. Mm -hmm. I don't know. It just, I would be worried about some sort of dermatitis situation (laughs) i just don't know if i would risk that you know i i always so now that i have kids especially i've kind of like oh it'd be sort of nice to have a pool so i don't have to schlep all of our stuff to the neighborhood Mm -hmm. pool i like schlepping is my number one hated like most hated thing so any way i can get out of it i will but stuff like this is why I would not like to have a pool. It's just so much maintenance oh, no. and cost. Yeah. Yep. And you can't use it for part of the year, but you still have to be maintaining it. It's expensive. And I don't know. It seems more exhausting. The water. To, yeah. I mean, just ugh. Ugh, no. in Michigan, it's it's a seasonal thing. It's absolutely not worth it in my mind because no. you have to drain it every winter or else mm-hmm. it'll freeze and crack. And that yes. just sounds like a – it was a disqualifying feature when I was shopping for a house for the first sure. time. It was like for sure. absolutely not buying a house with a pool in Texas, I was actually considering it too, um, just because there was a ton of backyard in that house, and like it would be really nice to be able to just run out there and take a dip. And you would use it; you can keep it open year round, basically. Yeah, yeah. But it just as the uh, the maintaining of everything, I mean, I can barely maintain my house. It like annoys me to do little fixer upper things. Maintaining a large body of water in my backyard, kind of. Well, and one that could like get you sick or get your kids sick, like yeah. you know, uh, the idea of a hot tub sounds really good until you start learning about like how you can get Legionnaires really <laughs> yeah. easily from it. Yes. <laughs> no, I just don't want to mess with that. No, no thank you. Yeah. And sure. I was I was actually surprised when he said they took the cover off and it was green and algae-ish, I was like, wait, you don't drain it for the winter? And I mean, I guess you wouldn't have to in Washington? I guess because it's, it doesn't it's not really freeze. get below freezing. Yeah. But is it really that much of an extra cost to drain it and then refill it in the summer? And then you would avoid this algae stuff altogether? I don't know. I don't know. I've never had know. a pool. I don't, me either. I haven't either. Um, the main part of Tuesday's show is that they take a little break and then they come back and they do their WBUR show. 
And as irritating as we as this was, just in principle, it was a really good show. <laughs> it was you know, so good. It was it so was well really produced. Good. It was tight. It was entertaining. The callers were great. They were great. Um, they were so great. Yeah. Um, there was there was one about um, preventing uh, shirt wrinkles while traveling, and they had some decent suggestions. And then, of course, the Stens page chimed in with more later on. And there was another, I think, voicemail or email later in the week. So we got a lot of good tips on that. And then there was another really entertaining one about onion goggles. And I'm going to definitely try this because onions, <laughs> like there have been plenty of times where I'm standing at the counter with just tears pouring down my face. And I've, sharp, you know, sharpened the knife and and have a piece of bread in my mouth and have a candle going and none of it works. So next time I'm at Target, I'm absolutely getting some goggles. And I just think they should do a WBUR show. Yeah, I I know. I see I was being so Debbie Downer about this last week. I was like, this is a terrible idea because they're gonna half ass it and what's the end game with all of this anyway? And then of course Bobby, who's kind of the Susie Sunshine of the LRB group, mm-hmm. was like, Guys, it's a, it's gonna be great. I have every faith that they can do it and they could carve out, you know, Andrew could make another ten to fifteen hours a week to do this and it wouldn't be that much of a commitment for Luke. And I was like, God damn it, I am just trying to complain here. <laughs> Stop bringing this back to the positive. And then it was just very irritating because he turned out to be right, right. as far right. as the quality of this show went. But you know, I, I I think the answer is to not do another show. It's to do something like this and put it on their existing show yes, right? exactly <laughs> to if, make it if better if tb if tbtl was like this every day i would have zero complaints yeah. because i found it totally entertaining and engrossing and i'm not even interested in life hacks i thought luke was charming i thought andrew was charming i thought they had great conversations it was just really nicely done yeah the whole idea of a hack this thing being a hack is really irritating to me and even that didn't stop me from enjoying this segment Um, Mm -mm. We did get a throw your phone from listener Eric, um, and he says, I assume it's a he. Sorry if it's a she, because I keep doing this. (laughs) They say, not a throw your phone, rather a business ethics question. Do you think APM is cool paying Luke and Andrew to audition for another job? Would you do it the way they did it? And I feel like we've all thought about this and talked about this a lot. I don't think I would be comfortable doing this. This is like going on an interview on work time. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, in terms of them developing another property while they're employed by APM, I I think that's that's fine if APM isn't interested. And I don't know how these kinds of contracts work, but um, as long as APM doesn't mind, I think that they should go for that. But yeah, doing it as a part <laughs> of your existing job gives me kind of a weird feeling. Mm-hmm. Yeah, me too. I know normally I would be like, well, surely they, you know, thought thought through this. But then as we see later in the week, there's things that they are thinking about doing or are going to do that I'm like, surely they've thought about this and yet they have thought about nothing. Besides I'm really the questioning their judgment this week. <laughs> we'll get to that later. No. So I, yeah, it makes me a little bit nervous, but also, I mean, whatever, they'll Luke is a charmer. He'll find a way to yeah. spin it some way. So. He'll charm his way right. out of yeah. it if there's a problem. Right. I don't think there's going to be one, but yeah. I, it's just, I, personally, I wouldn't have done it that way. I don't yeah. think. Right. And and Bobby made the point is that as long as they're putting something into the TBTL feed five days a week and it's still getting the downloads and getting the 
monetary donations, why would APM listen? Yeah. And I'm like, well, or why would APM care? And I'm like, they they wouldn't care unless and until it starts to affect that. And so that that's what I would worry about. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's right. Tuesday. All right. Let's go to Wednesday, number 2651, Grayson Under Fire. <laughs> uh, let's start out with Twitter Beef Part 7. <laughs> oh, no, wait. I want to start out with Throw Your Phone from Justina. That made me laugh. Um, she says, I've been trying to refine the wording of my new scientific law. Here's what I've got so far. The TBTL Law of Rambliness. Every minute of focused, produced show must be made up for by creating 10 minutes of tangent-filled rambles in the following show. I'd like that I ratio. Like, 1 to 10, it's pretty accurate. <laughs> it is. She says, She says, I feel like the phrasing could be improved. I stand by the ratio, though. Yeah. Thoughts? Yeah. I think this show was very hard to listen to because, and they even acknowledged that. Because they couldn't remember by the time they got to the end of the show what they had talked about at the beginning right. of the show. Yep. yep. And they even tried. And I was like, I don't honestly know. I can't help you there. <laughs> no. No. And I was paying attention. <laughs> but anyway, back to Twitter beef part seven. Um, Luke has been getting what sounds like a buttload of feedback about this. And all the feedback he's gotten has, has been consistent that he was, quote, shrill and petty, unquote. So he says that with the the weight of opinion against him, he must concede that he was wrong, except he's not. Because he doesn't feel that he was wrong. So he's not wrong. He still can't get behind the idea that he did anything wrong. It's unbelievable to me. I I wasn't on the show last time to talk about this original incidence. And I I listened again to this show yesterday, and it made me angrier all over again for two reasons. Number one, he's wrong about memes. Um, Mm -hmm. Number two, he was being extremely dismissive of this middle-aged momish type, and his choice of words was infuriating just all over again. It just made me so angry. And the fact that he... He's not double doubling down on it, but he's certainly not backing away or yeah. apologizing for that. Yeah. And and that's just it's a it's a really shitty thing to say. It's kind of insulting like half of his audience. <laughs> like we're right. not supposed to either what are we not supposed to do? Not make memes or not argue about memes or not have Twitter fights? Yeah. Uh, it's un- not try to be funny. Unbecoming. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that yeah. It, and even if like I could concede and I don't, but even if I could think, okay, well maybe he was right about the joke portion, his response to her response is what really got me like it bummed me out. I mean, and obviously I yeah. had a ninety minute tirade about this last week, so I'm not gonna yeah. go on. But um but that was the frustrating part to me. It was just that he can't see like how sexist he was being. I mean yeah. that, that was gross. And he was just flat out wrong. I mean, I did. I spent a long time yesterday um, on Google image searching. <laughs> when will my husband return from war slash sea? And there's millions of them and they're from years ago. You know, mm-hmm. there's variations on a theme and that's what a meme is. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, that was also stupid. But I I agree with you, Hillary, was what the real problematic part of that was the insulting and sexist Mm -hmm. language that he used and it's not so much that my feelings are hurt by it because he's full of shit he doesn't know what he's talking about right but it like I was I was trying to listen to Friday maybe and then this popped into my mind and I got really sad I'm like do I want to listen to a person who clearly has those kinds of attitudes and refuses to 
accept any feedback about them, even when the feedback is overwhelmingly that he needs to reassess it and that he's incapable of saying, you know, I stand by my opinion, but I shouldn't have used that kind of language to talk about it. Yeah. And I regret that or whatever. That's the part that really Mm -hmm. is a bummer. I wish that he would, you know, he's buddies with Lindy West. I wish he would present it to her and see what she says. Because I feel like she would be like, Luke, (laughs) no. I'm Uh, surprised Andrew didn't have anything to say about this. He was kind of in lockstep with him a little bit throughout the whole thing. And he didn't catch when Luke was saying these things. He didn't stop him. And he often will. Yeah. Yeah. I think Andrew got caught in his own um, issue when he saw the lady and her friends being snippy back at Luke that got into Andrew's feelings and I think he lost objectivity at that point (laughs) there's no other explanation so yeah yeah (laughs) yeah and I was re-listening to to the beginning of that whole sad sorry episode and the way Luke introduced it was he said that he saw the lady you know pose this meme and he just or he saw it in his feed and he decided that he needed to clap back at her and I'm like I am not hip on the Twitter lingo so much but I don't think that's what clapping back means no Uh, what that was was an unprovoked attack you clap back against somebody who goes after you yeah. what she was doing was clapping, was clapping back exactly. not you exactly. dude and she even pointed it out i think in her first response was like why don't you just go search the whole internet and find people to pick fights with which is essentially uh-huh. what he's doing i'm on her side here yes totally 100 percent. um i have a question yes why is andrew updating his itunes <laughs> during the middle of the show good question what the hell <laughs> is he doing you know i can be kind of dismissive of andrew's time i'm like what time you know he has all the time in the world but like he has time before this or after this to do it why this is not content why are you doing it right now oh well like he needs itunes for his job number one number two sometimes there are updates where you can't use the thing or anything until you reboot your computer so he either can't use itunes during the show which he needs or he needs to stop recording (laughs) so he can reboot his computer so he can use i mean it's just the whole thing made me so mad i think i was in the chat listening to this just complaining to you guys live just like what why wouldn't he do this ahead of time why wouldn't he he knows when they're recording the show this is the same feeling i get when luke takes a big bite of something right before doing the intro it's like what do you know what you're doing here like you're the one in charge here you can plan this out yeah it's not a live it's not a live show either like you could stop for it right luke could say oh hey andrew i just want to finish my I was going to say sandwich, but he's no, a little carving it. No. So I want to I finish my weird pizza pile. Can we <laughs> take five minutes before we start recording? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. This is mind boggling. And this also always leads to boring computer talk. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And sometimes they talk like technical recording stuff. And that to me is boring, but I don't mind it because I know that other people are really interested in it. But I don't understand how talking about your router and your Windows updates and all of that stuff can be interesting to anybody. And it's always mm-hmm. Andrew who does it. Luke is not the one who brings up well, computer talk. You know why? Because Luke never updates anything. <laughs> one day, it's, one day it's going to be like a... 30-day update for him. Yep. <laughs> right. 
All right. Um, let's move on to the next frustrating topic of Wednesday, which is the question of does sunscreen expire? <laughs> That's not a question. The answer is yes. Of course. Yep. Of yep. course it does. It's got a date on it. So what I learned about Luke is that he doesn't understand expiration dates at all because he thinks that if the expiration date is June 1st, then on May 31st, it's all fine. Use it. No problem. And on June 2nd, uh, it has lost all efficacy and it's probably poisonous. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. This is so stupid. And he wants to have this argument with Carrie about it, not because he's worried about having to go buy another bottle of sunscreen for four bucks or however much it costs but just on principle because he thinks he's right and I was like dude I'm not married but I know that that is not prescription for a happy and satisfied marriage if you argue on principle with your wife about something so stupid yes and so easily disprovable and he goes to the Mayo Clinic website during this discussion and they are like yep it sure does and he's like hmm I heard the jury's still out on science. <laughs> ha ha, funny Luke, but he kind of believes it. Yeah, well, I mean, and he's he's the one, he's showed over the years many times that he doesn't know how sunscreen works. He's gotten so many terrible sunburns from just getting drunk and laying in his algae pool for, you know, hours at a time and not reapplying sunscreen. And he's like, why did I get a sunburn? You're like, well, yeah, I, I, he, it, it boggles the mind. I mean, he's so smart in some other, so like other ways, but in this sciencey way, he is not. And he just has decided to believe what he believes. And yeah. I'm sure some of it has to do a little bit with, you know, Susie Burbank probably not really believing in um, expiration dates very much. Well, she's so. not going to throw a, a, no. a full thing of sunscreen away no just because it's three years old. <laughs> You're right, though. It is that weird, like, duality of Luke that you have to be able to hold in your hand at the same time. Like, you listen to him on Livewire or whatever, or Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me, and he's so sharp and so, like, invested in the discussion, and then you hear him talking about whether or not sunscreen expires, and you want to take that container of sunscreen and smack him with it. (laughs) I just don't know, like which side of the equation that I want to come down on how I feel about him. I've discovered something about myself though, is that so last weekend we were at the pool like literally every single day for many, many hours. And now that my daughter's in kindergarten at the local um, elementary school, she knows almost literally everybody in the neighborhood. Like every 30 minutes, there's a new person she knows. She's like, Oh, Hey Blakely. Hey. So um, anyway, she, I'm really good at applying sunscreen to my children reapplying sunscreen is not my strongest though because I'm like they're playing they're fine and then these poor little babies who with this Irish skin come out (laughs) like a little red marks like on their back they have little red marks and I'm like I am the worst mother I'm terrible we just didn't apply I mean I didn't really wear sunscreen until I was much older and even now I'm like a tan looks good but I know I'm almost uh-huh. 40 a tan does not look good but it does look we good. always wore it but I think my mom is 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 militant about sunscreen and I don't remember really reapplying either like we'd put yeah. it on before Mm-mm. we went to the beach you know she was adamant that we wait a little while like put it on in the car on the way to the beach or whatever and then because you go to like Michigan it's probably a 40 minute drive um and by the time we're there, she's she's satisfied that it's all settled in and whatever. And then that's it for the day. 
And yeah. we did get some pretty bad sunburns. Like you go in the lake and it all washes off. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Right. And you're supposed to reapply. And I don't know that we ever did. And I do it now because I'm par- super paranoid about um, sun stuff in my face. Yeah. So I've I found this brand. Hillary, you might be interested in this. Tell it's me. called Super Goop. Oh, I feel um, like I've heard of that before. It's getting, I feel like it's getting more traction, but they have like a powder that's um, a sunscreen and it's, you can get tinted. So it doesn't like, cause the whole problem with like reapplying sunscreen to your face is like, well, I've got makeup on. Do yeah. I really want to glob sunscreen on over that? How does that supposed to work? And so they have both a finishing spray that has SPF in it and a powder, like a tinted powder um, that you can put on. So I've been actually doing that lately cool. and I'm pretty uh, happy with it. it okay. It's kind of wow. seamless. Yeah. Right. So you can and go out on the yacht and still look fabulous. Exactly. <laughs> I need to. I definitely need to look it up because you know I walk during my lunch break and I'm just getting. Listen, I have a pretty good tan right now, but again, like I say, I will be 40 in October, so that's that's not really a good look anymore. Uh, yeah, I remember as a little kid going to. I went to um, sleepaway camp for most of my summers, and I would. This is so gross. I would. I'm sure, I guess, I sort of applied sunscreen, but my mother wasn't there, so nobody was doing it for me. Mm-hmm. And I would get so burned on my nose that it would it would become like a scab, and then I would peel it off, and then it would scab oh, over. Oh, no. <laughs> I know. I mean, I can't believe that my nose is still standing. It just, you were just baking in the sun. But yeah, yeah that's, I, I'm trying to be, be better about it, way better about it. Well, we're all, we're all learning as a society, <laughs> yeah. I guess. <laughs> Hopefully our kids will be better than we have been. Uh, Top story for Wednesday is just a debrief of the WBUR demo tape. Um, Andrew says that he spent about two hours total editing what turned out to be, I think, 18 minutes. Um, And he wishes that he could have spent more time editing. So that's why they don't do this for the show every, every day. Oh, okay. Well, maybe we could get a happy medium for TBTL where we do some editing because that that audition tape was amazing. Yeah. yeah. Amazing. And I I don't know. I think I think they should do it. Now, Luke still thinks that it was too rambly and aimless for public radio cuz he said public radio is so much more scripted and it's driving towards something in a way that he didn't think that that audition tape did. And I disagree. Maybe we've all set our bar so low Hmm. as a general rule for TBTL, but (laughs) I thought that that definitely had direction and flow to it. So um, I, I, I don't know. And Andrew thinks he's worried that WBUR will think that they're, I guess, imitating the car talk style. And I didn't hear that either. No, no. You can't imitate car talk style Mm -hmm. because you're not those two guys with that relationship. So I I don't think that they should worry about that. Um, And Luke says that now he's okay with this inevitable rejection. I don't know. I'm not so sure anymore because I just thought that, I mean, I guess I'm a P1 for TBTL, so I'm not representative of the whole body of public radio listeners, but I thought that that was pretty good. I don't think that rejection is necessarily a given as far as that goes now. Um, But Luke says even when they do get rejected, he's fine because they submitted the show that they wanted to make. They didn't alter it or try to sanitize it or make it more like what they think the WBUR would have wanted. They just make 
made what they wanted to make. So <laughs> I'm skeptical that he's fine with rejection, but we'll see. Maybe it's one of those things where it's going to be a secret relief to be rejected mm-hmm. because then that takes away the decision of whether to actually do it. Yeah. yeah. I have a feeling you're right about that. For sure. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then we get to the best part of the show. As I said before, and I will continue to say every time David from the basement is the best part of any TBTL show that he's on. Uh, yesterday he had the Starbucks diversity training and they want to talk to him about it. He said that old people today have been asking him about it kind of suspiciously. <laughs> like, now everything's going to be different. Is my latte going to be made the same way? It doesn't um, taste the same without all the racism. <laughs> so um, he talks a little bit about how the training went and how they like watch videos with Howard and some some diversity activists and he brings up common and they all snicker it at that. I see, here's the thing about common. I could not name a common song. If you put a gun to my head, right? Maybe, I know yeah. he has an Oscar for that song from Selma, but I can't identify it. But the way they continually take a giant shit all over common <laughs> really seems like a makes me guy. common center. And I'm like, listen, in a world that contains pit bull, Yes. Stop wasting my time crapping all over common. <laughs> exactly. I, yeah, it's it's a weird kind of, I think they think they're such cool hip hop guys that they're like common so like dumb and basic, but he's fine. He's uh-huh. not like a negative energy in the world. He's not at he, all. He's fine. He does some beat poetry yes. and they can't not laugh at that. And he was in this movie right. with Queen Latifah that I weirdly like love and Dave I will watch it whenever it comes on where he plays a basketball pit player, which is actually funny because I'm pretty sure common is about my height. So, <laughs> uh, so, but it, he's a, he's not a bad actor either. So listen, Commons Commons a source for good in this world. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And I, I can't speak for you too, but I don't have those feelings to him because he's good looking. I just want to head that off at the pass. That's something that Mike would say is that we give him a pass because he's an attractive man. And that is not it at all. I actually don't I just think he's think... even all that attractive, yeah, honestly. He's fine. Yeah, he's fine. I just think that there are better targets than common for yes. your rage and disdain. Yes. <laughs> but back to Starbucks training. <laughs> Overall, David thinks that it was productive even though he's not sure how useful it was for this woke Pacific Northwest. And I was like, oh, honey, there's racists everywhere. Everywhere. And was it part of... Everywhere. Isn't, like, the Northwest... I mean, I know that Seattle and Bellingham and all that area is is woke, way more woke than Texas. But I think that there's, like, stories of people that were really, really conservative and sort of... um, you know, like militia style people that would go to the mm-hmm. Pacific Northwest because they thought that it was this bastion of freedom and sort of wilderness and, and all of that. So if you get out of the confines of the urban environment, I think it's pretty conservative up there. So it's yeah, not... I think you're right. Mm-hmm. And, and I, you know, those people all emailed Andrew when he had his own show, right? Yeah. <laughs> we heard about that all the time. So yes. they exist. <laughs> Um, But one of the benefits is that they did do some gender sensitivity training, too. And David has been thinking about how he just automatically calls people ma'am and sir out of respect and how he has to be more aware that perhaps there are other preferred pronouns or, you know, maybe it's not the the best thing to do to just um, automatically 
assign a gendered form of address to people. Yeah. I think that's very sweet of him yeah. to yeah. think about He was it. really thoughtful about that too, especially when he was yeah. talking about like probably people who are like my grandparents' age would probably be, you know, it's probably safe for that, but you need to just be more careful and thoughtful about it. And he, I thought that was really great. Mm-hmm. He really is such like a sensitive kind of aware person and not, mm-hmm. and not yeah. pissed about it. And that's like actually what gives me hope for the younger generation as I feel like there's not really any, you know, digging your heels and like, well, this is the way it is. And this is the way I was raised. You know, he's there. A lot of kids I know, I feel like Andrew, but a lot of kids I know, like my nieces and nephews are, you know, they were raised in Louisiana, but they're really open to kind of any lifestyle as long as it's, you know, consenting and, and, you know, not hurting anybody else. And I don't know, it gives Mm -hmm. me hope for the future. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Uh, David says that, um, they had they were at the Starbucks store to do the training, and the whole time white people kept coming up and trying to open the door <laughs> so that they could come in and get their coffee. Of course they did, which just made me laugh. Uh, and then Andrew has this crazy thought <laughs> that he says, "Why don't the trolls go get jobs at Starbucks so that they can write racist things on the cops?" What a weird thought. <laughs> I think Luke was entirely right about that. He said, because they're lazy and at heart, they're cowards. It takes very little courage or initiative or drive to insult somebody from the anonymity of the web, but to actually (laughs) take action. And also you write one or two racist things on the cup and that's it for you. You're going to get fired. So you go through all that effort. (laughs) Talk about a long climb for a short slide. I mean, what a stupid thing to do. I think that Starbucks has really good health care. So for that. (laughs) (laughs) True. Get your 90 days in and then start being a raging racist and get your physical. Yeah, but that that does lead Andrew to say that when they get the WBUR show, they sh- they should get jobs at Starbucks too and write "Hey Dummies" on all the cups as their viral marketing. So they have a, yet another job. Good idea. Yep. Oh lord. And that is Wednesday. All right, Thursday, twenty six fifty two. Words in your mouth, feelings in your heart. Uh, they start the show talking about an audio flub that at least I didn't hear. No, I'm pretty sure it. this happens to us all the time. We hear it on our end, but it doesn't come through on the recording where somebody has a little bit of lag and then it speeds to catch up. Uh, and mm-hmm. I think it's just when our internet's a little bit slow. It's fine. It's not really worth talking about. Um, they discuss the group One Note Stand acapella song that they were asked to play yesterday during Dazzling Donors and totally forgot. So they play it. And it was delightful. And Luke and Andrew are totally surprised that it doesn't sound like a barbershop quartet, which is <laughs> ridiculous. And my first thought is they've never seen Pitch Perfect, if that's what no. they think acapella is. <laughs> nope. Doesn't Andrew get mad about Pitch Perfect? Isn't that like he gets angry when it's on? Oh, yeah. Genevieve likes yeah. that movie. It's a she great movie. A I, my my friend Jocelyn was like, we have to, you've never seen Pitch Perfect. It was like when the second one came out. And she's like, you've never seen the first one? I was like, no, why would I do that? And she's like, sit down right now. We're watching it. And it was great. It's good. I yeah. was really surprised. Well, and Luke has mentioned Pentatonix on the show. Mm-hmm. So he just didn't realize that it was only voices when Pentatonix sings, I guess. Yeah. Come on. 
But that got them off on a, a tangent about barbershop quartets, of course, which brings up the Simpsons and the guys singing on the roof. And Andrew just ruins everything by making terrible. an unintentional human centipede joke. <laughs> <That's so laughs> Ugh. I know. Weren't you like, Andrew, abort, abort. abort. Don't, don't, don't. I, I just thought the whole first section of this show was a disaster. <laughs> it was horrible. One thing I want to say quickly in defense of Barbershop, it is fucking hard oh, sure to send Barbershop. I have messed around with it, and it is the most difficult, other than like some classical stuff. But as far as popular music, it's the hardest thing I've ever tried to sing. So, I believe it. I have nothing against Barbershop. I just, I, it's nothing I would really choose to listen to, but it di- the, the artism is impressive. <laughs> um, so he was trying to say human fly, but he said human centipede. <laughs> do y'all ever do this thing? Sometimes I do this and it happens with human centipede is um, like, there's something that's so gross and like, I can't like deal with it, but I can't stop. I, it might be OCD, but I can't stop thinking about it. Human mm-hmm. centipede is one of those things where it grosses me out to an extreme degree, but I like, can't stop. It's like circling in my mind that happened. Also, there's this picture. Um, oh shoot. From a clockwork orange where they have forcibly opened the guy's eyes. Mm-hmm. I yeah. sometimes can't stop thinking about that. And it makes me like kind of want to die. And I'm like, I have to think about something else. Anyway, those are my <laughs> human. No, I totally agree that that stuff sort of haunts me when I can't sleep and yes. I'm just lying in bed like and then it's it's that or it, when I was little it was the exorcist I saw the exorcist Ugh. way too young yes and her head like spinning and then the the pea soup coming out that <laughs> that just haunted me and yeah. it would just like float on the ceiling above my head when yes. I was trying to go to sleep and it, it wouldn't go away so yep. yeah I get it and human centipedes about the worst <sighs> you know possible I get it it's horrible and and that's you know majorly what I, I felt like this show was totally destroyed <laughs> by that second <laughs> um Andrew goes on to talk about a mixtape that he made in college he's like kind of proud and kind of embarrassed about it and he talks about how much effort he put into it while probably not doing great in his classes so this mixtapes have always been his priority above education <laughs> and Luke laments the fact that he's like doesn't do macrame <laughs> watercolors <laughs> I mean, the idea that he's not a creative person is insane. Um, no, the fact it's a that different he, kind of yeah, creativity. That he doesn't it's a have performative like a creativity. Mm-hmm. That he's not like a painter or something. Like that's you don't have to do that to be creative. And he's a very creative person. I actually, I feel a lot. I think of myself as an Andrew sometimes, but I think I'm actually a Luke, and I feel that way a lot because. I have friends that are super crafty. Like my best friend, Missy is a really great artist and she could do crafts with her kid. And I had told Bridget one time, I said, I'm just not a crafty mom. I'm an adventure mom. Like I will take you to go do stuff, but I'm not going to sit down and like do science experiments because I'm just not interested in that. So I'm always, when, when, when Andrew was talking about his craft of, you know, drawing all this stuff and making these mixtapes it really is sort of a a superpower to me and I feel like Luke like I can talk my way out of things but I can't like draw anything or do Mm -hmm. any my brain just doesn't work like fine yeah that's fine like there's no reason that you have to I'm I'm discovered like there was a while in my life where I was like uh what do I do I don't have any hobbies like I don't what you know, I go to work and I go to school. And of course, during that time, I didn't have time to have any hobbies. Um, and as an adult, like I, I'm not out there painting pictures either, but like I love to cook and I'm starting to really enjoy um, gardening and I've managed to keep some indoor plants alive for more than like a month. So you I'm really it. proud of myself for that's that. That's awesome. No, that's amazing. And those are becoming kind of hobbies, yeah. you know. 
Um, and I'm not going to beat myself up for not uh, knowing how to no. macrame. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, the top story for today is kind of a weird, a weird story about the general manager of the 76ers, um, Brian Colangelo, who is suspected to have made up some weird Twitter accounts to defend himself um, and shit on the previous GM. And then they talk about how maybe one of them was his wife. <laughs> Uh, that she created to defend his collar. <laughs> sure. Maybe Move several on. of them were his wife. Yeah. There, okay, there were. I read up on this a little bit. You know, wouldn't it be hilarious if we talked about this in detail and got everything wrong? I just, <laughs> I want to make Mike and Bobby scream and scream and scream and scream. <laughs> but I, I was reading about this earlier, and I guess there were five accounts that they sort of linked through this phone number that was associated with his wife. But one of them, he already admitted is his, that he just uses, I think, to follow people. Mm -hmm. There maybe weren't any tweets out of that one. So I don't know what to think. They also said that there was evidence that some of the tweets were sent at a time when he was in a media session, so he couldn't have sent them. And it must have been his wife. But there was also a lot of really um, detailed level basketball knowledge. Not that his wife couldn't have in-depth knowledge of the team. But there was like some non-public medical information that got released. See, the thing when Andrew and Luke talked about this, they were like, oh, she's defending her husband and his collars because she probably picked them out. There was a lot of gross shit that got tweeted out of this that was really vilifying all the players on the team and the former general manager and stuff and defending him that was highly inappropriate i think to divulge to the public yeah. i bet it was like a about team players effort, you know yeah like players that failed physicals and stuff like that and so, it's crazy because i don't know it's so crazy because the i mean i vaguely follow basketball it's not my favorite sport but i i am a fair weather fan and the 76ers were really good this year so it's it's just so odd, weird and i'm sure that mike would have uh, you know, some explanation or opinions about it, but it's so weird that he was trying to bring down this previous guy. And it, it was, it was bizarre. And he was like shit talking Joel Embiid, who was like the sort of the star player, one of the star players of that year. It was, it was just a really weird, weird situation. And I think it's so weird when people have these, like write in a diary or something. Don't, don't yeah. put it out on Twitter. <laughs> and there are ways to figure this out. Like you're not going to be able to do this in secret forever. You're going to get found out if you're a public figure like this. Yeah, last year, right. last year before it came became public, James Comey had a, like a private Twitter account, and somebody at I don't remember what website kind of sleuthed it out. Actually, that's like one of my dream jobs to just kind of like Twitter oh, yeah. sleuth people. Oh, that's so satisfying. But figured out that this <laughs> this random person was James Comey tweeting this whole time. And he didn't say anything super scandalous, but probably said something that, you know, the FBI, head of the FBI or former head of the FBI should probably not be saying. But yeah, uh, but yeah this stuff is public. You can fake it's easy to trace it if you have a concerted amount of effort a little bit of money you can figure this out mm-hmm. or someone at twitter is gonna leak it yeah you know? yeah there's just so many ways that can go wrong and make you look like a petty little <laughs> jerk which i think is mm-hmm. what's going on here yeah yeah well and and i am sort of suspicious of the wife angle because they talked about how the reporter called up the 76ers and mentioned the two accounts 
And then later that day, all five of them went private. And so obviously they had talked to the person who ran the accounts. And isn't that more likely that it would be a Colangelo himself rather than his wife? Like they talked to him and then he called his wife and just happened to mention it. And she was like, oh, shit, I got to get these private. All right. We get a voicemail from Lou. And Hillary, do you know Lou? I know Lou. Lou and I went to college together. I will say this. And I adore I adore Lou. Lou was way cooler than I was in college. I went to a pretty small college in Memphis, um, Rhodes College. Go Lynx. Uh, just kidding. But um, <laughs> we were the Lynx. You can tell how great we were at sports. But um, Lou was a year older than I She's a year older, a great older than I was. And um, she was very cool. Like, she was a Kayo. <clears throat> I got cut from Kayo. I was a Tridelt. I always kind of looked up to her. I thought she was, I never talked to her because I thought she was too cool. And then all of a sudden, somewhere in the middle of like the Stens page, I think we found each other. And I'm like, Lou Haney, that's you? So anyway, um, we, yeah, we went to college together and we've kind of reconnected. Wow. I know. Wild coincidence. I know. It's great. Well, her name's Lou. It's a late, you know, a yeah. woman named Lou is not the most common name. So anyway, but yeah, she's very cool and down to earth. She's an artist. She lives in, I believe she lives in Charlottesville. Um, and yeah, she has some cool stuff going on in her life. So yay. Hi, Lou. Well, she had some great tips for fighting wrinkles in shirts when traveling too. And she talked about rolling things up and, yeah. um, that I've always packed that way. It's just more space efficient too. Yep. Um, so that was a that was a good voicemail. And then we got an email from Lynn um, about the Impossible Burger, and he's tried them twice, and he had a couple of comments on how how that tasted. And I actually um, maybe I was just really hungry when I was listening to this, but I was like, I must find where this <laughs> Impossible Burger resides. And so I, I searched online and I found a place near me that had one, and I went and tried one yesterday, and they're actually pretty good. Oh, you did? Yeah, yeah. Um, it's Somewhere between a veggie burger and a real burger, probably more towards the real burger hmm. end of that spectrum. Um, definitely like the most realistic veggie burger I've ever had. I was vegetarian for seven years and I kind of hated all the fake meat products. They're always kind of gross to me. Um, but I would definitely get this again. So that's my wow. advertisement. I for think Mike an and I are going to have a date going to get an Impossible Burger at some point because there's a place near, like a wing place near me, but they have it as well. Mike said mm. he's never tried a, veg- a veggie burger. How in the, like, I feel like it, I'm not a vegetarian. Oh, I believe that. I'm not a vegetarian. I never have been, but I've tried a veggie burger. Mike, what's going on? That's weird. <laughs> well, it's time to try one because it was pretty darn good. All right. Yeah. I just wonder at the marketing, why would you name your product the impossible burger yeah what are they going for i mean it's clearly possible because it's right there in front of you (laughs) so good point all right well on to friday this is sort of the big day of the week um it's miss it's episode 2653 mr unlistenable um this show actually wasn't unlistenable i kind of thought it was a misnomer but um there's some. Um, we made the announcement that for the pledge drive um, this year, they're going to be hitchhiking from 8 p.m. to um, Columbus, uh, Mississippi, which is just like wild. It's just wild. I I re-listened to it a little bit of it today, and I can't believe that they're going to do. I have so many follow-up questions, and I don't even know where to begin. And I feel like they have thought of nothing. All that Andrew can think of is what bag he's going to carry. And that (laughs) (laughs) this is not the first thing I would be thinking of. Um, I mean, it's got to be an Everlane bag, right? Come on. I guess. Yeah. But 
I, I, there's, first of all, is I thought that hitchhiking was illegal in most states. One, I don't like this idea <laughs> at all. This sounds extremely dangerous and bad, and I'm not looking forward to how it's going to turn out. Uh, two, I mean, they're like, we're going to hold up signs that say, like, we've showered. Well, where where did you shower? Like, are, do you have a hotel that you're <laughs> Are you planning on things? Are they just going <laughs> to drop you somewhere? I don't get it. I mean... I'm sure, you know, and, and Bobby, again, Mr. Sunshine has been like, it's going to be okay. The tens are going to line up, which is fine, but it's kind of going through the middle of nowhere. Like, there are hot spots. You know, there's a St. Louis, there's a Memphis, so we know come, Amy's going to be around there, and I'm sure there are St. Louis tens. But they're going through some, like, deep Midwest stuff and then deep south, like deep south uh, mm-hmm. areas. It just is concerning. Now, I, the one thing that I will say, in comparison to driving from Seattle to Austin, it's not that long of a journey. Like, they can knock it out Mm-mm. in two days, pretty much. But yeah. um, it just makes me really nervous. And are they going to be on a highway? That's I've known of people that have gotten killed on yeah. highways. It's really dangerous. I really hope, so I hope that this ends up being a coordinated effort where they have people scheduled at, you know, so they're not actually literally walking down the highway with their thumbs out because they're going to get murdered <laughs> for sure if they do that. So if it's like, okay, this person's going to drive us from here to there and then that person will pick us up. I hope that's what it is. I hope that's what we're talking about and not actual legit hitchhiking. I Well, so I may have to accept some responsibility then <laughs> yes. if they get killed because <laughs> I think this sprang out of my idea because I don't even remember if we talked about it on the show last year when they were doing the RV thing. But I said what I thought they should do is sort of what you were talking about, Meredith, this coordinated mm-hmm hitchhiking thing where they would post in the sense page or on Twitter or, you know, broadcast with skywriting. Uh, here's where we are. Who's going to come get us. And then the first 10 to email them would get to go pick them up and take yes. them on their way. So I thought that that would be great. Like, uh, so Nora McInerney is going to start out and she could take him down to Rochester, Minnesota. And then I, I'm sure there's a 10 in Rochester who could pick him up and take him down to, I don't know, Decorah, Iowa. And from there, it would be so easy. It was not my idea that they should just randomly hitchhike. No. And that's a real bad idea. I don't know. And they'll have to, don't you think, ship most of the equipment down to Jamie's house well, yeah. beforehand, yeah. right? Because they can't Travel be walking down the highway with like a mixing board and whatever else. They'll have to take like a laptop. And then Christy and Jeremy have that Zoom recorder, which is just like a, the size of a brick that has inputs for two uh, pairs of headphones and two microphones. So they can record the show and upload it to um, a laptop and then publish it that way. But I would think that anything for the real show at Jamie's house, they have to send that on ahead of time, right? I hope. I hope so. <laughs> God. <laughs> this is only two weeks away. It, I know when I was re listening uh. to it, I was like, oh my gosh, we're in June. This is in June. This is a June. Like, this is, yeah, two weeks. It's wild. It is wild. I mean, mm-hmm. it will make for good content i think and i cannot but i mean so many things i can't believe andrew agreed to this i can't believe apm mm-hmm. agreed to this but i mean i wonder how much they actually 
are knowing of this. I mean, God bless Nora McInerney. By the way, Nora McInerney is like the number one TBTL uh, stand right now because she's giving shout outs <laughs> on other oh, podcasts yeah. that I listened to, which was very exciting. Um, but I mean, you know, thank God Kiki Lolo is going to be the, the penny to their uh, inspector's gadget. Um, <laughs> hopefully helping them avoid stuff. But what can she do? I don't know. There's so many questions. Are they going to are they going to pre-book hotels and be like, okay, we have to get to this point by Wednesday or whatever? I just, I don't understand. Uh, I, and and honestly, you know, I, I backpacked a little bit in Europe, and you really, this was a, a while ago, but you can go take a train, um, you know, to, we went to like from Frankfurt to Hamburg. You can take a train there and not have a hotel room and just get to the, you know, local tourist area and say we need a hotel this is how much we'd like to spend and they'll find you a hotel america doesn't work like that we're not like Mm -hmm. we no we we privatized everything that we don't work like that we don't have this system of rails or system of like tourism boards that are really going to help you out i mean they might need to go to the like local triple a or something but again like i said i mean they're they are traveling a path of pretty sparsely populated parts of the world uh, of America. So it's, it's, listen, it'll be interesting. It's not going to be boring, but it does make me nervous. Well, I'm taking comfort from the fact that they probably won't be recording at the moment Andrew gets hit by the car on the (laughs) side of the road. So we won't have to hear it at least. (laughs) So bad. Anyway, they're just, of course, they're talking through stuff on the show, like on the show. And like, did you not, I mean, are you doing this performatively or are you really just kind of thinking about all of this? Um, and mm-hmm, I, I went, right. it kind of made me laugh because Luke was like, as long as your beard is under control, Andrew. And I could, I <laughs> as soon as it came out of his mouth, he was like, I didn't mean it like that. <laughs> and Andrew's like. But I'm gr- I'm trying to grow my beard out, and I was like, "Dude, trim up the beard for the hitchhiking thing." Yeah, yeah, you can grow it out afterwards. Oh my gosh, not gonna be now. too hot anyway for a beard. Yes, don't look like man of the mountains when you're trying to hitchhike <laughs> through the Ozarks or wherever. Um, yeah, please just trim it up. It's fine. Like you don't need to do, like. Yeah, as I always like rail. You don't have to Jesse Thorne this. Like just trim it up right now, and then <laughs> you can grow it out later. Um, then you know I thought it was funny because you know he ha- tells little stories about Carrie, but it sounds like she's pretty pissed about this, and I think I would be pissed too, only because mm-hmm. she knows him and she knows that he hasn't thought that he probably thought this will be fun, but hasn't really thought you know deeply into this, but. I don't know. What are you going to do? It's it's wild. It it is a it is a wild scenario that they're putting themselves mm-hmm. into. But I don't know. Yeah, we all will. Well, see they're happens. they're topping what they did last yeah, year for sure. For sure. Um. Anyway, so they kind of move on from that. They talk. I'm sure that this will be a topic of conversation for obviously like the next couple of weeks. Just mapping everything out. Hopefully. Oh boy. No, get right. Strap in. Memphis is really fun. That's what I'm going to email them. And I'm sure Amy has as well. I hope mm. that they go through there because it's a, I, obviously I went to college there and it's a really fun town um, and you can get real, real drunk there and have a really good time. <laughs> um, and it's not super far from Columbus. So I think that's actually one of the places that uh, Jamie's been telling people to fly into. So anyway, shouldn't be interesting. I wonder if they're also, I keep thinking, are they going to be recording in the backseat of Stranger's car? And a stranger going to be like, what the fuck are you doing? It's 
so many Ugh. scenarios. So, I mean, there's going to be, they're embarrassed about recording in like a semi-public place. Like now they're going to be recording in a stranger's backseat. It's so weird. Um, anyway, so they kind of move on. They did talk about, you know, Large Marge and, which also really scared me when I was little from Pee Wee's Big Adventure. <laughs> um, <laughs> Anyway, so I don't know. I feel like we need to think about, are we going to organize this? Is this, you know, are we going to do something on the Stins page where it's like, okay, pick them up at mile, like, blah, blah, blah. Who knows? But um, we'll see how it it unfolds. Um, yep. That that will work if they participate in well, that. Well, yes. If they're not letting people where they're going to be and what they're doing, then the Stens can organize all they want and it's not going to have any effect. I still get mad because when they came to Austin, you know, Luke and Andrew were really pissed because the the stupid rot rally was going on, which is the motorcycle rally. I had emailed them and said, heads up, guys, the rot rally is going on. I just want to give you like you might need to think about alternate routes. Just be aware that this is happening. And they act surprised the whole time. I don't know why. You know what? It's yeah. fine. Let it go. Mm. Well, this you're acting like Luke read it. Come right. On. I know. I know. Ugh. Anyway, so they kind of move on from that. Um, and on to this Pete Carroll letter. I, You know, I don't like Pete Carroll. Sorry, Mike and Kalina and whoever. I know. I know I'm the like, I don't hate the Seahawks. I just don't like Pete Carroll. I hated USC. And I think that he's kind of a whack job he doesn't he's a 9-11 truther anyway this whole letter sounded like Scientology to me like I understand that the words are English but the order in which you are putting them in don't make any sense like mm-hmm. I'm like rereading it rereading it but what I thought was interesting Luke kept building it up like I can't talk about this forever Andrew was kind of not that interested in it I mean I feel like that it's no. sort of petered out a little bit so it's I, not an original idea no like, if I'm going to read an article about discourse in America in the era of Trump, there are plenty of other writers, like actual writers, who have done it much better than that. That was just word salad. There's just there aren't any other writers who are coaches of the Seahawks. Yes. That's what it is. Now, the the thing that I thought about when they were reading this is this is thesaurus writing. Yes. Mm, this yes. is when you're writing and you're like, mm, I need a bigger word. And so you go and you take something out of the thesaurus. Yep. And this is... Uh, not to dump on the men too much, but this is something that I've seen with men a lot. Her trying to sound super smart. And so they will go for the big words that just don't quite fit in the context. Yeah. It doesn't make any sense. Again, it doesn't sound natural. Yeah. If you ever listen to, I mean, sports people, sometimes they'll, you know, throw out these, these sort of basic ideas. The only coach or player that I've ever been super impressed with as far as talking about race or you know what's going on in America today is Greg Popovich who's the um, the coach of the uh, San Antonio Spurs and if you ever kind of just google he had something a couple weeks ago and he's so eloquent and it's coming from this old white man saying we don't talk about race because it's uncomfortable for white people it's he's just really Mm -hmm. he's really good about talking about it so is Steve Kerr but he's really good about talking about it and I'm like man Pete Carroll, you're no Greg Popovich. This is you're you're a 9/11 truther. You're on and in the NFL, and the NFL is obviously notoriously problematic. So anyway, I, whatever. I don't. I as don't soon like as him. I heard that he brings men's rights activists to talk to his players, yeah, I was oh, like, that yeah, Jordan I don't, Peterson guy. Don't really, you're like, oh, I don't have any... goodbye. You're canceled. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Exactly. Oh, but we need to bring a variety of viewpoints in. No, nope, we don't. No, we don't. Nope. No, Not we don't. That one. Not that one. We sure don't. <laughs> um. 
And so anyway, that kind of went, uh, kind of petered out a little bit. Um, and the only other thing that I thought was interesting for some reason was Andy the versus Andrew talk and Luke asking like, why don't you like Andy? It seems, you know, it's a fine name. And he went through, I guess Andy was just when he was the most bullied. So he kept trying to remake yeah. himself. I really like the name Andy. It's my brother-in-law's name. And I think it's sort of, I just think it's a cute name and Andrew's so proper, but I get it. I mean, when you try to remake yourself into not this kind of, chubby bullied person you're like no i'm going to be andrew now Mm -hmm. i get it uh i do too anyway the that that kind of closes out i mean it's just open-ended book about this (laughs) hitchhiking it's so many more questions than answers but we'll we'll hear more about them and then on to music for your weekend um luke's was lamont dozier fish ain't bite biting biting um, which was good. It was, I agree with Andrew. It was different mm-hmm. than I thought it was mm-hmm. going to be, but it's totally, so, it's so funny how Luke just like gloms on to certain sounds or, or songs that I would never guess for him to be interested in, um, this being one of them. Um, Oscar Peterson trio, baby. <laughs> yes. Um, and then, and then Andrew's was, if I can't change your mind slash life is a highway. <laughs> <laughs> We didn't talk about that element. This is that's my sugar. If I can't change your mind, the life as a highway element, which was actually kind of funny, and I have a yeah. weird soft spot for that song because I think I it came out right around the time that I got my license. So I was like, yes, this is my song, like jamming in my Toyota <laughs> Tercel. But um, but I love how annoyed Andrew gets on it. Um, it 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 was a la cat rolling that it made me laugh every single time that it happened. Um, and then listener Selexa. Um, why did I say slash Mark? I don't know. Um, it was the song was uh, "Got Your Number" by Serena Ryder, and that rounds out Friday. Sounded like you knocked something I moved over. My mic a little. It's terrible. Here, let's try again. Better housekeeping. Okay. Uh, please go check out our store. We've got that aforementioned awesome mug uh, yes. for the, the middle-aged. Uh, We're middle-aged in the town. money. <laughs> and you better believe it's making us so, so rich. Um, and there's also awesome t-shirts and totes and sweatshirts that you can check out. Um, our archive project is, of course, still going on. Contact Christy about that. And if you are shopping on Amazon, you should use our link. It's just the bookmark on my browser for Amazon now. Me it's too. littleredbandwagon.com slash Amazon. It's super easy. Um, we, we get to eavesdrop on your purchases, and it makes us a few pennies, and it doesn't cost you anything else. And you should go check out the latest episode of Earbuds and Earworms, which I don't know what it is off the top of my head. No, I don't, I don't know what the topic is, and she hasn't posted it yet. So, yeah, I just well, you'll just have anyway. to trust us. <laughs> it's going to be a good one. It's going to be a good one. Um, okay, y'all, get involved, which you have definitely got involved uh, lately. It's uh, littleredbandwagon.com, uh, throwyourphone.com. Um, also, follow us on Facebook. Um, the show Twitter is at LRB Podcast. Email us at littleredbandwagon at gmail.com. The voicemail and text is 802-432-TBTL, and that's 8285. And with that, Anne, why don't you get this out of here? Until next time, this is the next party. And we love you, Jen. Nailed it. Nice. Girl power! (laughs) 
So I'll tell you what you want and I really, really want. Okay. <laughs> That's what we should use. <laughs> yes. Yo, Be my 